Matthew, I'm going to begin this morning in Matthew chapter 8 and verse 16 and 17. Matthew chapter 8 verses 16 and 17. When evening had come, they brought to him many who were demon possessed and he cast out the spirits with a word and healed all who were sick. That it might be fulfilled which was that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet saying, he himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. He himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. Okay, I'm jumping right into the middle of something happening here in Matthew chapter 8. And that is Jesus is showing his authority over sickness and disease. Because if you look back to Matthew chapter 7, the last scripture there, is Matthew 7, 29, it says, For he taught them as one ha having authority, not as the scribes. So Matthew chapters 5, 6, and 7 are the Sermon on the Mount, where Jesus taught, and to me, I've said this for years, I think Matthew chapters 6, 5, 6, and 7 is the greatest body of ethical, moral, religious teaching known to man in the history of mankind. I just, it's, it's all there, the Sermon on the Mount. And then at the end of it, Matthew, who's the editor, is saying, okay, I'm going to include this, what the people were saying. They were saying he taught as one having authority and not as the scribes. And then I think the way Matthew organized and edited his material was in the next verse, he began showing how Jesus displayed authority in miracles and signs and wonders. First of all, there's these dramatic healings that play, take place. Next, he calms a storm. Next, he casts out demons from two demon-possessed men, showing that he had authority over sickness and disease, over nature itself, over all the realm of the demonic. Then if you go to Matthew chapter 9, verse 1, there's another story that becomes the capstone to all of this authority teaching, I think. And that is a man is brought to Jesus on a cot and he's brought to a house where Jesus was teaching, but the house was so packed full of people they couldn't get the guy in the door, so they climbed up on the roof, dug through the roof, and let the guy down. And Jesus didn't heal him immediately. Jesus said, son, your sins are forgiven. And then the religious leaders standing around were like, what? He's blaspheming God. Who can forgive sins but God? And Jesus said, well, which is easier? I say, son, your sins are forgiven or take up your bed and walk. But that you might know that the Son of Man has authority on the earth, take up your bed and walk. And the man took up his bed and left. So, so I think that's the capstone because it showed that Jesus also has power to forgive sin. And we know out of all the miracles God can perform in our lives, the miracle of forgiveness of sin is the bomb, right? It's, it's, it's what we start with, it's what this whole thing begins with. So let me just break this down for you a little bit. First miracle that Jesus does in Matthew chapter 8, he shows kingdom authority. He goes up to this leper, and the leper says, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. Jesus said, I am willing. I like to say it with an attitude. Because when I sometimes, or if you ever wrestle with, is it God's will to heal me? And Satan will come and tell you, well, no, it's not God's will. He heals some select people, but it's not for you. It's just for those people. When he says that, just go back to that verse and say, Jesus, you said, I am willing. Be clean. And then 
Boom, the guy's clean. Next passage, there's a Roman centurion who knew the army, Gentile, knew how to command people. He comes up to Jesus and he said, listen, my servant's lying at home and he's tormented. And Jesus says, I will come and heal him. He said, no, 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 listen. I understand authority and I understand what it means to be under authority. All you have to do is speak the word only and my servant will be made whole. And Jesus backed up and he said, I haven't seen such great faith like this in all of Israel. And his servant was healed instantly. Then Matthew says, Jesus walks in Peter's mother-in-law's house. And if you've ever been to Capernaum with us, you've been there and seen that. You walk into Peter's mother-in-law's house and she's sick with a fever. So Jesus goes over and touches her. She gets up, starts cooking dinner. And then there's an evening healing meeting. And Jesus goes out and it says he heals all who are sick. And I maybe it's hyperbole, but I just can't, I just don't like that. I just don't swallow that. I just believe he went out and healed all. He healed all who were sick that evening in a healing meeting. In fact, there's no account in the four gospels where Jesus, where there was a sickness too great for him to heal. There wasn't someone who came to him one day and he said, Oh gosh, I'm tapped out on this one, guys. I just, this is all, I can't do any anymore. No, there was, the only time there was a failure in healing ministry was when he went to his hometown. And it said the people there wouldn't receive him because of unbelief. And as one of my mentors, Elias Malky, used to teach, because they had a spirit of offense. If you go back to look to when he came to his hometown of Nazareth, they were offended at him. And they tried to run him off a cliff. They had this spirit of offense and this doubt and unbelief and they couldn't receive miracles. So it wasn't Jesus' fault. It wasn't like he couldn't do it. They stopped themselves up through offense and unbelief. Hope you hear me on the back row. Offense and unbelief can stop the miracles from flowing. You know, I've been blessed. I mean, I've been blessed. I've been pastoring for 26 years. And before that, I traveled as an evangelist. And we were in some crazy meetings through the years. I've been able to do some mission work. And I've been able to see a lot of things happen. And, and one thing I know, I've seen, I've seen God heal. I've, I saw a few years ago, I was in a meeting in West Virginia. And I was playing guitar on stage. And we had a big healing line going with a friend. And he was taking people through this healing line. And I noticed one lady got to him and he stopped for a while and he worked with her for a while. And I didn't know exactly what was going on, but we got out in the foyer afterwards and this lady came out and she was like, she was looking around and someone said, what's her problem? And I said, you know, I think she just received her sight. And, and I called my friend, and I said, did that lady receive her sight? He said, hon, she received her sight and saw her grandkids for the first time that night. I was there, and I saw it. I was there, and I saw it. I've seen, we had a lady in our church in uh, Chesapeake that I pastored years ago. She had a built-up shoe she wore on one shoe that because her hip was, like, um, messed up. Uh, you, you may remember this. And she, and she came up for prayer, and... We laid hands on her. My wife and my assistant pastor's wife laid hands on her, and they prayed for her so long, I felt sorry for the lady. Well, she went back to the doctor and came back, and the doctor said, something has happened because your hip is now in place, and you're going to have to go buy a regular pair of shoes now. She went and bought a normal pair of shoes and came back and testified about it in church. 
Yeah. One night a lady came forward, been diagnosed with breast cancer. And she said, I need a healing in my body. I said, well, we'll lay hands on you. We'll pray for you. We laid hands on her, and she fell out in the Holy Ghost on the floor. And I thought, well, I, th I thought to myself, well, she's on God's operating table now. And sure enough, she came back, and she said before surgery, they went in and said, well, let's do one more x-ray, make sure, double check, we're pinpointing the tumor we need to look at, blah, blah, blah. They came back, and they said, ma'am, something's wrong. Because there's nothing on this x-ray anymore. It's totally gone. Totally gone. She was healed in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Oh, I'm sorry, that was in the 90s, but this is 2022. It's a different game now, right? No, it's not. He's the same God today that he was in the 90s, that he was in the 40s and 50s, that he was in the days of Jesus. Same God. God the same yesterday, today, and forever. Well, so I had ringing in my ears for about three years. I noticed it really bad living here in Elizabeth City. And I, somebody came to me and said, man, it's just all that rock and roll music and all those loud amplifiers. And I thought, maybe he's right. And then I was going to a conference meeting one day, and um, a friend of my wife's called who is a real prayer warrior, real intercessor. And, and I, I said, tell her to pray for the meeting we're going to. Just, just pray for this meeting that God has his way. And so she starts praying for the meeting, and she says, tell Brother Hans God's touching his ears right now. And I'm telling you, that was five years ago. The ringing stopped instantly, and it's never come back in five years. Yes. Now, I don't know. There was a lady here uh, when we were in the old building. Some of y'all will remember it, and our friend Veronica McLaughlin came. The lady stood up. She had stage four cancer. And uh, Veronica was under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Veronica laid hands on her and looked at her and said, you're healed. And I thought, oh, Lord. I hope this lady, see, I don't know, you know, I'm a pastor and we're working with at all different levels. But you know what? That lady went to, back to her oncologist and one of the nurses in the oncology department attends our church. And she called me on the phone. And she said, hey, you want to hear some good news? She came in, that cancer's totally gone. Stage four cancer, totally gone. Let me read you a report I got. I've been doing overseas crusades through Zoom since COVID, and I received a report on Janu January the 23rd this year. Dear Pastor, what a blessed time we had. Over 99 souls were saved, and one lady who couldn't walk started walking. One who had diarrhea and was so weak he couldn't stand was healed, and he started jumping. There were over 91 healing testimonies like this. December 27th, 2021. Dear Pastor, over 113 souls got saved. One lady had a tumor on the bottom of her foot and was unable to walk and was healed and started walking. One person who had evil spirits for 17 years was set free. One person had a skin issue and it would bleed, was completely healed. And one lady had two tumors on her arm and was completely healed. Over 99 healings occurred. So let, let, let me give you three words and we're going to pray for the sick. First is kingdom. Say it with me, kingdom. Second is authority. 
And the third is faith. Or let's say it this way, great faith. First of all, Jesus came to preach the kingdom of heaven was at hand. It had arrived. So the kingdom arrived with Jesus and his ministry. That's when the kingdom came. The kingdom rule, kingdom authority, the kingdom power came with Jesus. Now it has not fully come in a physical sense and won't until he returns. So we're kind of caught in the time between the times. We're waiting for the fullness of the kingdom to come in physical manifestation. But now we're living in a fallen world where kingdom rule and authority and power has already come. And I started wrestling this week with this idea, why are some healed and some not? It's the, it's the $64,000 question, right? And I thought, well, let me, just, let me try to look at this in a different way. And I started looking at it through the eyes of kingdom, that when Jesus came, he brought with him kingdom authority and power. He even told his disciples, go heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out demons, preach the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That's what he told his disciples. And so they went forth doing that. And it's, it's weird that in the modern evangelical world, we've kind of sanitized the gospel and we only preach salvation or how to have a better life. And we often don't preach this, this megaton of evidence that we have for healing and deliverance and miracles to happen, even raising the dead. Why not? Why not? I don't know. I mean, why did Jesus raise the dead? Why did he raise the dead? You're messing with the sovereignty of God. Well, why did he mess with the sovereignty of God? Why did he go up to the funeral procession in Nain and raise that little boy up in the funeral procession? Why did he wait four days to go to his friend Lazarus and call him out of the grave? So years ago, I was ordained under a guy named H. Richard Hall, and I still preach for that ministry in Cleveland, Tennessee. Every year, he was a faith miracle working evangelist out of the 40s and 50s, voice of healing guy, and um, he passed away about, I think about, uh, he passed away over, over maybe 20 years ago. But anyhow, I went to his funeral too, but he told a story, and I heard this story that a miracle was performed on the island of the Bahamas back years ago when he's preaching revival. And, I, and some of the Bahamian brothers were in the meeting later, and I went up and asked them about it, and they said, Hans, we were there. So Brother Hall said he was preaching one night, and these brothers came up to him and said, Brother Hall, will you pray for a stiff? He said, Brother, I'll pray for stiff necks, stiff arms, stiff legs. Bring them on. And he said they brought a corpse in and laid a young girl on the front pew. And he said, I thought, oh my word, every bit of faith drained out of my shoes. And he said, one of those brothers grabbed the mic and just started singing, my God can do anything. My God can do anything. And Brother Hall said, I just walked up to that girl with absolute no faith, no feeling, and I just said, damsel, I say unto thee, arise and said she started breathing, and she sat up. And it was a complete, a complete resurrection from the dead and healing. And he said, you talk about revival. We had revival after that. <laughs> we get a few dead people raised. I think we're going to fill the church up, amen? It ain't going to take Harvest Fest. 
kingdom. Somebody say it with me, kingdom. And it hit me, when kingdom comes, all the stuff comes with the kingdom. The rule of God comes. And in God's kingdom, there is no sickness or disease. In God's kingdom, there is no bondage. In God's kingdom, there's blessing. That's why Jesus prayed, as it is in heaven, let it be on earth. Let your kingdom come and your will be. Bring it now into this realm, God. What is the kingdom of heaven? The kingdom of heaven, there's no sick folk in heaven. Nobody depressed in heaven. Nobody jacked up on Prozac in heaven. Let it come on earth as it is in heaven. Well, you can't have all that, Brother Hans. This is a, you know, we're still wrestling with the flesh and the devil in this fallen world. I, tell me something I don't know. But how about we believe that it will come just like it came for Jesus? How about we believe in miracle signs and wonders in the now? How about we believe those radical, we be those radical people of faith who said, I'm going to dare to believe God for the impossible. I'm going to dare to believe God. How about you guys go out and change the world because you'll dare to believe God to do anything he said he would do? Come on, somebody shout hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Well, somebody say authority. Jesus came and he had authority. The term in Greek here is exousia, which means the right to act. So Jesus came with the right to act. He was authorized by the kingdom of heaven to bring kingdom benefits on earth. So when he walked into the synagogue, first miracle in the book of Mark, he walks into the synagogue, a demon-possessed person starts screaming out. Now, how long had that demon-possessed person been coming to synagogue? But something changed when Jesus walked in. He had the authority of the kingdom behind him, and every demon knew that, and they began screaming out. Not only did he have kingdom authority, he had kingdom power. And the term power I'm referring to is dunamis. He had the power to act. Not only did he have the authority to act, he was deputized, so to speak, but he had the power. Okay, so I don't. If any of you guys are in law enforcement, I know we have a lot in our church. But you know, you you get authorized by the. Let's say you're in the sheriff's department. The sheriff deputizes you, and when he does that, he gives you the authority to act in his place. So when a deputy shows up at your house to serve you papers, it's as if the sheriff has showed up at your house, and the most powerful law enforcement official in any county in America is the elected sheriff. So when the sheriff shows up, you better do something. If he can't come, he's going to send his deputy. Deputy means he's been authorized to act on his behalf. But, you know, and that should be enough, right? That should be enough. He can wear a badge, have the, have the suit on. It should be enough. But sometimes he has to use a gun. Sometimes he has to use a taser. Sometimes he has to throw people in jail. So not only does he have the authority, he has some power behind him. And he can get on the horn and communicate with the state law enforcement officers, the city law enforcement. They can all come on you, and he gets all of those working against you. I fought the law, and the law won. 
Hallelujah. Right? No hands raised, but some of y'all say, I've been there and done that. I fought the law and the law won. John Cougar Mellencamp. But God has now given to you and I the authority and the power to act in His name. When Jesus was leaving, Matthew chapter 28, He told the disciples, now you go and preach the kingdom of heaven. You baptize people. You disciple them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. And lo, I am with you always to the end of the age. So now I'm deputizing you to walk with my authority. Not only that, Acts chapter 2, Holy Spirit comes, the dunamis, the power came. Not only do they have the authority to act in His name, now they've been given Holy Spirit power, gifts and miracle working power to be able to act in the name of Jesus. And what did the disciples do? They went directly out of the upper room, 3,000 were saved, a man was healed at the gate, blah, 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 on and on and on, miracle after miracle, demons cast out. They went forth doing the same thing Jesus did, and the book of Acts ends abruptly in Acts chapter 28, and some scholars debate on why it ended so abruptly. I kind of like this preaching take on it. Maybe it ended so abruptly because it never really has ended. You and I are Acts chapter 29 and we should be doing the same stuff that Peter and Paul and James and all that crowd was doing. Not just coming to church, checking the box on Sunday and going back to a powerless life, but coming in celebrating what God has done over the past six days of us moving in authority and power in our community. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, somebody shout hallelujah. We had a lady come up in the first service to receive prayer for glaucoma. I'd never seen the lady before, but one of our dear sisters who just became a member of our church, she brought her up and, and I said, is, this, is this she kin to you? She said, no, 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 I met her at the gym. So you can witness to people at the gym? I met her at the gym and she's 68 years old and she comes every day. She's our hero but she can't hardly see now, so we pray, and I believe God's going to touch her and totally deliver from glaucoma. Come on. But what impressed me most was one of our members was out inviting someone to church at the gym. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. You can invite someone to church and pray for the sick in Walmart. You can invite someone to church and pray for the sick at Food Lion. Where am I at? Kingdom, authority, and great faith. So I'm going to end with this and we're going to pray. So there's a guy who comes up. He's the centurion servant. He says, just speak the word only. My servant will be made whole. Jesus is like, whoa, man. I haven't seen such great faith in all of Israel. There's one other instance when Jesus was trying to get away and went to Tyre and Sidon to go north to get away for a vacation. Well, a Syrophoenician woman interrupted the vacation. She came and she said, would you, would you heal my daughter? She's, she's in a bad shape. And Jesus says, and he tested her faith. I believe that's what was going on. He said, lady, yeah, dogs don't belong at the table. And she backed up and she said, yeah, but you know something? Even the dogs get the crumbs. That's all I'm asking for. And he said, oh my gosh, this lady has great faith. 
and her daughter was healed instantly. So so there's an issue. Can you be healed by manifestation of a spiritual gift? Someone has a word of knowledge, they're flowing in miracles, they're flowing in faith? Absolutely. I've seen it happen hundreds, if not thousands of times. People, like our friend Ted Shuttles, comes and moves in the gifts of the word of knowledge, people are healed like crazy. Or you get in, uh, like R.W. Schambach, who worked in Gift of Faith. He walked in a tent, everybody believes they're going to get healed. I went to a Benny Hinn meeting, 1992, in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and walked into a basketball arena on Oral Roberts University campus. People were lined up, waiting to get in at noon for a 7 p.m. meeting. And we got in there, and it was wild. It was, and I went, I went to the hotel room that night, and I thought, Am I, I don't know if I'm going to go back. Why does it have to be so weird? I said, why does it have to be so weird? But I'm going back tomorrow because Oral Roberts is preaching. And I went back and I heard Oral Roberts preach. And then that night, I went back to hear Benny Hinn. And I sat in the nosebleed up in the balcony. And I started hearing people scream beside me because their ears were popping open in the balcony. And I said, Lord, I may not understand this, but you are in this place. And I'm going to reverence. I'm not speaking against this. I've had people, I've had IPHC bishops come to me. Hans, we know you know about this. You've seen gold dust. You've seen oil pour out of people's hands. What is this stuff? I said, man, I don't understand it, but I've been in it, and I don't speak against it. I know some holy people of God that I've seen. I went and talked to one woman, had gold dust all over her, filling her lap. I met her in Israel. She was a great prophetic voice. Been in it. Wish it would happen here. I'm into signs and wonders, man. I'm not into stupid or kooky, but I'm into God showing up and doing some stuff, man. We've had so much head church, we're all sick of it. We've had so much church as usual. I'm tired of it, man. Let's just let God, let's open the floodgates. Come on. And let's let God come in and do what he wants to do. Where was I? Faith. So you can be healed if I have a word of knowledge today. I believe that's, that's like, here's your sign. God's wanting to heal you right now. You can be healed through word of knowledge. If I'm moving in a gift of faith, I can lay hands on you and I believe you're going to be healed right now. But what if none of those things are happening? If none of those are happening, I can still be like the centurion servant or the Syrophoenician woman and just believe the word. Just believe his word and be totally made whole. I had a friend who had a back problem. He was a coal miner in the mountains. I went to church with him, and he said, you know, Hans, I'd had this serious back problem. I think it was an injury from the coal mines, and he said, one day I was, I was taking a bath, and all of a sudden it hit me, and I cried out, Jesus of Nazareth, have mercy on me. Boom, he was instantly healed. Just boom, just it, faith, just great faith rose up. Boom, instant miracle. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. I know a lady who had stage four cancer from Kentucky. I preached in their church a few times, and uh, she just was like, she wasn't going to settle for anything other than what the Word said. She went out to Kenneth Hagin's healing school. She spent several months there just listening to the Word of faith, came back completely healed and delivered. Zero stage four cancer left in her body. I talked to the lady. It was absolutely amazing. Went on and lived many years. 
I just want to be wild and radical enough to believe what God said about me. And why is it that the opening, let's come inclusio, let's come back to the beginning. Why is it that when Jesus was healing, Matthew said, guys, this is the fulfillment of the prophetic word Isaiah gave centuries ago that by his stripes we are the old-time Pentecostals and holiness crew, really in the 1800s, grabbed hold of this and said, you know, if it was involved with his stripes, it must have been involved with his passion, with the whipping and with the crucifixion, and that means it was involved with his work of atonement on the cross. And if it's involved in that, then evidently healing is wrapped up in the atonement. So the Pentecostal Holiness Church of God, Assembly of God, Foursquare, all have a statement saying we believe Healing as in the atonement. Meaning we have the authority and right to have faith to lay claim to it and believe it for our lives and pull it in. So here's all, we're going to pray right now, but here's all I'm asking you. I, this has happened through the years of people who attend our church. If you come in, you start hearing words like this, it should shift your thinking. That now if you receive a bad report from the doctor, you're not crushed, you're not defeated, and you're not hopeless. You back up and you say, you know what? I understand that's truth. Honor doctors and several of them in our church. We love it. But I'm going to trust in God now and I'm going to believe his word for my healing. I'm going to pray. I'm going to claim the Bible. I'm going to quote scriptures. I'm going to post stuff on my refrigerator. My phone's gone. I'm going to listen to podcasts. I'm going to go to bed at night with the healing verses played in my room. I'm going to do all of that. I'm having everybody pray for me that I will have faith in. We're calling. We got prayer lines, multiple prayer lines working in this church. I'm going to the healing rooms every Tuesday night till they get sick of seeing me until this thing is healed in my life. Somebody says, well, what if God, what if you die? Hallelujah! You die believing in healing. You go on to your great reward knowing that God's a healer and by his stripes you're healed. I don't, that's all I know. I believe him to the end. I believe him in everything. We can't live any other way. I'm going to believe you, God, today. going to believe you tomorrow. going to believe you next year. If I'm here 20 years from now, I'm still going to believe you. If I'm here 30 years from now, I'm still going to stand in faith knowing my God is a healer. By his stripes, I am healed. I'm blessed going out. I'm blessed coming in. Hallelujah. He makes me the head and not the tail. Come on, somebody. Give him a shout like you believe everything he says. Give him a shout like you believe everything he said. Come on, just give him a shout of praise. Just lift your voice in here this morning. Hallelujah. Thank you so much for joining us online. And I hope the message was a real blessing to you. You know, eternity is a real thing. You're going to spend eternity somewhere. According to the scriptures, you spend eternity in one of two places. First of all, heaven, Paul said to be absent from the bodies, to be present with the Lord. Or number two, in hell. Uh, Jesus talked about the rich man who went to hell and was in great torment. And he was begging Abraham to send someone, a messenger, to tell his family. Well, listen, you're hearing the message today. Eternity is real and you're going to spend it in one of two places. So why don't let's decide right now me and you, that you're going to spend it in heaven. 
How do you do that? You accept Jesus into your heart. Open up your heart and say, Lord, come in. Cleanse me of all sin. I accept you as my Lord and take the throne of my life as yours. Okay? So let's pray right now. Just pray with me right where you are. Just repeat this. Father in heaven, I I remove myself from the throne of my heart. And Jesus, I invite you to sit on the throne of my heart. Forgive me of all sin. Wash me in your precious blood. And I accept your sacrifice for me. And I thank you, Lord, for cleansing me, for saving me, and for accepting me. In Jesus' name I pray. Can you say amen right where you're at? Hey, thank you for joining us. And please come back, get in, get in the Word, get in the flow of the Spirit. And uh, we're just blessed to have you with us and look forward to seeing you the next time.